Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens' 31-17 victory over the Washington football team. This is a fun game. I enjoy both of these teams, and certainly with everybody healthy and with all the different options available to these, these different quarterbacks, I like seeing what these teams come up with. You know, Washington has especially been a surprise in that they've been entertaining to watch. I think it's because I'm a, I'm a little obsessed with Dwayne Haskins and his development. There's been a lot of negativity around him, and he hasn't looked great at times. But I'll, and I'll, I'll get more into him a little bit later. But spoiler alert, I definitely see things where he flashes at times, and then I see things where he looks inept at times. So just like with any rookie, there's going to be ups and downs, and I think everybody just needs to get a hold of themselves with that. Anyway, let's talk about the winning side to start. Let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, any conversation with the Baltimore Ravens starts with the Baltimore passing attack and Lamar Jackson. You know, I say passing attack, but Lamar was really on his game as far as the rushing goes. Only the 53 yards and the touchdown, but uh, I think anybody will remember the 50-yard play for that touchdown and how much speed he showed in the open field when he got away from people, when he was able to pull away from people, juke them, stiff arm them, do all the different things you would need to do to complete a run of that nature. And he definitely got it done. So I'm excited for everyone to really see what he can do in the open field. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much he does run going forward. You know, after the poor performance last week against Kansas city, you know, he had a much better passing day too. That helped, you know, support more run options. He had the two TDs, so that helped give his options more chances to score. And really, it could have been more than that. He missed a he missed a long TD to Hollywood Brown by a couple of inches, and then Mark Ingram ran that touchdown in. So the day could have absolutely been bigger for Lamar, you know, should that have gone his way. But there's going to be little things like that. And some of those touchdowns that don't quite get in there will go his way because he'll get to run that touchdown in rather than the running back sometimes because he is such a threat with his legs because he is so dynamic with his legs. And while they have a cautionary tale of what can happen when you run your quarterback too much already on the team with Robert Griffin III, I I don't think that they're going to be able to stop running him anytime soon. And really what's what makes them dynamic is the threat of him running. You know, you really have to commit defenders to that. And that means that other people are more open in coverage, which can really, like I said, just allow them to cook in a bunch of different ways. So you pick your poison. Do you want to let him run? Do you want to let him pass? That's what makes him dangerous. And he can't stop doing that. What he can do is he can protect himself And Kyler Murray is a great example of that. I think they should get together on that. Although Lamar is a lot more substantial than Kyler, so he can take some of those hits. You just don't want to see him take the big hits. And Lamar's doing a good job of not letting anybody really get a square shot on him so far that I've seen really throughout his career. So kudos to him for that. I certainly want him to keep that going. He just doesn't take it quite as seriously as Kyler does perhaps because it's not quite as serious in the first place, but it is good that he does protect himself for the, for the most part. And uh, while I'd like to see him run more than seven times for 53 yards, I don't quibble with it because I want to see him do it with his arm when he's capable as well. So 193 yards, not exactly what something to write home about, but it is capable of supporting a couple of options in the passing game. 
really when I think about the Baltimore Ravens, there's only really two secure passing game options on any given week, one of which is Hollywood Brown. I know Hollywood can be a little up and down. That's the nature of having a smaller wide receiver. That's game is more based on speed and that doesn't have quite the size to be a possession receiver on a day-to-day basis. However, Hollywood absolutely has more skills than you're given, you know, deep threat burner, you know, in the mold of Deshaun Jackson. I know Deshaun Jackson really conjures up thoughts of deep passes, but he's a little bit more than that. And I think in that same mold, Hollywood Brown can absolutely do the same thing. It may not be as consistent and with the passing game usage, and I don't even mean him, I mean just the overall team passing game usage that may prevent him from hitting the absolute ceiling this year. But I do see him coming into his own a little bit. And I think the biggest win for Hollywood this year would be to stay on the field and then catch a couple of these deep passes that are coming because he looks fluid out there. He looks strong for a guy his size. And when you're as fast as he is, you're going to be getting open. And I just like the way that he's moving right now. And I like the way that uh, they use him. So I'm excited about his role going forward. He's really the only wide receiver I'd want on my team right now from the Baltimore Ravens, unless it was something really deep. The only other pass catching option I'd want to look at is Mark Andrews. And and just to finish up Hollywood, I don't think you're really trusting him as a wide receiver too right now. He's more of a boomer bust flex, but in those times where you're going to need him in those deeper league formats in a best ball league, I think you're really happy with what you've done because there are going to be bigger days and bigger things for Hollywood Brown, whether it's later this season or whether it's later on down the line next season. So keep him in your dynasty leagues as well. You know, I mentioned Mark Andrews. He only had three catches today. It was just very fortunate that two of those catches went for touchdowns. The good thing was the three targets were not a function of how he looked on the field. It was just the way the game broke. There wasn't as many completions that you'd like to see for someone to have a big-time day like George Kittle did this week. I think that Mark Andrews absolutely still possesses the value that everybody saw in him. It's just that he's not quite the possession receiver we might have thought. Now, if you were betting on him having more plays to run and more routes to run and being a little bit healthier than last year, then you're absolutely happy with what's happened so far. It's when you got out there and you said, oh, he's going to catch 100 balls. That's when your expectations aren't being met. Now, he certainly needs to hit the end zone at this rate to continue holding the value you held for him when you drafted him that high. However, he's absolutely going to have days where he's more targeted than this, where he's more used than this because he is fluid. He's definitely in Lamar's eye, and especially around the goal line where you want him to be getting those targets. He's a huge target. He makes athletic plays, and, you know, whether it's the first one where he burns a linebacker and makes it to the zone or whether it's the second one where he just makes – where he just runs up the seam and catches the ball, he's definitely got that look where – you know, if this was a more pass-heavy offense, if this was Derek Carr throwing it to him, he was just funneling him targets. The ceiling is the roof on this because he could be the absolute best tight end. He has those chops. It's just a question of how much are they going to throw it on a given week. And they'll have to throw it more than this because they won't be up on somebody like Washington all the time. But the Baltimore Ravens are really good on both sides of the ball. So there are going to be a lot of times where they're going to run the ball and they're not going to have those volumes that you want to declare him you know, automatically better than Kelsey and probably automatically better than Kittle. But at the same stroke, 
I think he's definitely worth having and targeting. So I would be trading for him, but uh, I wouldn't be buying at the top, top price just because of the offense. So I mentioned weapons for Lamar. You know, there are a lot of weapons that they have in the backfield. The issue is that their usage is being spread out amongst the three of them. And when I say the three of them, I mean Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, and J.K. Dobbins. And actually, Gus Edwards ended up getting more carries in this game than either of the other two, which is surprising. It's unfortunate that anybody that drafted Mark Ingram or J.K. Dobbins where they did forgot about Gus Edwards. Gus kind of got hurt towards the latter half of last year, I believe, and it kind of erased a lot of memories about how they were using him. He's a big dude, and he has something as far as the running game goes. It's just he happens to be in a crowded backfield. So I like to see what he can do you know, with the role to himself. However, he does have two more talented backs in front of him as far as J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. And really, it's not even that J.K. Dobbins is necessarily in front of him. I mean, he got more carries. It's just that, you know, J.K. Dobbins does offer a little bit more in the passing game than Gus does. Gus is more of a straightforward runner, uh, more of a downhill bull, but he's got plenty of bull to run somebody over. So I like to see that, but at the same time with Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins both being superior options, I don't think we're going to. But, you know, it's not indicative of how they're using them, though, if you notice, because they're willing to put whoever they need for their purposes on the field, and that just doesn't lead to consistent fantasy value. I mean, today the touchdown was Mark Ingram's. Tomorrow it might be J.K. Dobbins. So that really makes them all hard to trust and uh, really lowers their volume overall and their value. So I want to see things get sussed out a little bit more in the Baltimore rushing attack. Where you drafted these guys, you're probably not stoked about what I'm about to say, but they're probably all kind of lottery tickets until there's a little bit more injury attrition in this backfield. Because with Lamar running the ball, with with the passing attempts down, with everything that goes on within this offense, I don't see this as a really favorable situation, even though they do run the ball a good deal because it's so spread out and because Lamar gets seven of the 32 carries, it's just not a situation I'm trusting right now. And it's not a situation I'm trading for, for sure. So let's move on to the Washington football team. Dwayne Haskins absolutely has NFL talent. If they can keep Dwayne Haskins upright and allow him to grow, he will have better days than this. I know that the stats kind of bear out that he was better than he was. And certainly there's times during this game where his play hampered the offense, but still, and I know a lot of these passing yards kind of happened in garbage time, but I'm telling you what, if you're ready to sell the farm because, you know, you bet on Dwayne Haskins or whatever the analogy you want to use, I absolutely believe he has NFL talent. It's just from a fantasy perspective right now, he's just a streamer in a desperation situation for year-long leagues. And uh, really, if he's your quarterback three, at least he looks a little bit better in a two-quarterback league in that I think he would be capable of at least kind of handling the reins if he didn't have better options in that way. And in a two-quarterback league, that can absolutely happen. just depends on the way the ball bounces. So, like I said, Dwayne absolutely has the talent. I wish he had some more NFL-style weapons in the passing game. He absolutely has them in the running game, but I don't know that outside of Terry McLaurin, he really has a lot to throw to. So it's hard to judge him in that way. And then when they've been an absolute turnstile on the left side of this line, it just really makes for tough times for asking. So 
while I'm encouraged by what I've seen and, and 314 yards with no INTs is great. You know, you gotta, you gotta play a little bit better than that to really get into the conversation on a week to week basis. So unless he's really cheap in DFS and has a tasty matchup or, you know, I'm really hyped about Terry McLaurin. I'm not really excited about what I, you know, the prospects for this year in a redraft league for Dwayne Haskins. However, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that you don't have to have an elite quarterback to have good wide receiver production. Sometimes a bad enough defense can make up for that. And when you have a, a big time wide receiver like Terry McLaurin in an offense like this, when the game script is going to suit him a lot more than it's not, especially with Chase Young out, especially with the superstar, young superstar of their defense, or, well, what he looked like in the first couple of tries anyway. Um, there's going to be a lot of catch-up situations, and you know Terry definitely benefited from that. You know, I don't even know. I, I thought I charted his first catch at the very end of the first half, and then really he didn't truly get cooking until the very end. But you know, the ten receptions, the 116 yards, are certainly going to buoy a good fantasy value for your day. And I th- absolutely see no reason that they're not capable of sustaining that. There might be a little less scoring opportunities than some wide receivers, but then again, Terry hasn't needed that to make that happen. He's got the talent. It's not a you know, it's not like Larry Fitzgerald, who for years didn't have a quarterback yet produced. He's not that level of talent. However, he is plenty fast and strong and has plenty of talent to make this happen. Because Dwayne is not even close to the dumpster fires that they had in Arizona at times. I can remember them very distinctly, and while their names escape me. Mike Glennon uh, for one of them, but still, while most of their names escape me for how bad they were, I can, I anchored the emotions that, Hey, Larry produced no matter who it was. And it stuck with me. Wide receivers and bad teams can absolutely make this happen. So if you're trading for Terry McLaurin, I see no issue with that. I absolutely believe he's capable of doing what he's doing. It's just that the offense is capable of cratering and not giving him the opportunity. So if he doesn't get funneled, if they decided to, if the defense decides to take that him away from them, then that can be an issue. But uh, like I said, it's not going to be Terry's issue. It's just a question of not having much else around him, having a young quarterback, and then the offensive line getting beat a lot. That hurts your ability to run deep routes as well. I got to say, I I wrote it down to see if there would be a second option emerging beyond Terry. And while Dontrell Inman scored two touchdowns last week and there's, there's been some movement on Logan Thomas, I just don't see them having the weapons to move forward with And uh, I know they know it too. There's a reason Logan Thomas was involved so much, as well as there's a reason that the backs have been so involved in the passing game. It's that Terry, it's Terry McLaurin and then everybody else. That's how we're going to treat it until we're given some other stimuli is that, Hey, we're staying away from everybody else in this offense other than Terry McLaurin. And of course, other than the man, one of my best calls of the year so far, Antonio Gibson. Now, I don't want to pretend like I was on an island by myself. This guy was shooting up draft boards as draft season came up, as they cut Adrian Peterson, as Adrian Peterson said, this is the guy they cut me for. This is the reason they do it. They see this guy as a Christian McCaffrey type, and they continue to use him more and more, as they said they would. The coaching staff said they were going to ramp up his usage as the year has gone on, and that has absolutely happened. I liked what I saw from J.D. McKissick last week, 
And I de- while he was definitely still in the mix, he had an early fumble where he got stripped and it really allowed Antonio to get some more usage today. And he absolutely took advantage. He does look like he's a little bit smallish, kind of in the mold of Devin Singletary, but I, I think he has the chops to carry this offense and they certainly need him when he's in there breaking off chunk plays, when he's in there, you know, making these run plays work for the most part, that's where this offense is certainly at its best. And while McKissick gives them something and, you know, when, when Antonio Gibson's out, that gives them a better option and not as much fall off for the offense. I think they know, and it's pretty apparent that Antonio Gibson is the one that's going to help propel them forward. And, you know, with the time frame with Dwayne and Terry and everything else they have going offensively, I think he fits with them. And I think they'd be fools not to use him more. Now, of course, you're not trying to blow him out year one necessarily either, but at the same time, you need to win some games. You need to show this team that it, they are capable of winning and you need to not create a losing culture with this team. Cause that's the most surefire way to continue losing games for certain. I mean, I'm not saying ask the Philadelphia 76ers how hard that is to come back from that, but I mean, the process and a bunch of other things from other sports, including football as well, have shown us that, hey, losing culture is hard to turn around on on a dime. I will say, though, I see a lot more positive things out of the Washington football team since Ron Rivera took over. So it seems like getting rid of Bruce Allen, who seemed like a clown in the first place, has really done something from them from an organizational standpoint. And it seems to be kind of filtering down a little bit into the rest of the organization. And uh, maybe just not having the name change, too. Just not having that hang over your head probably helps, too. Not having to answer questions about that all the time. I'm thinking that would probably ease my mind a little bit as well. But not to get off topic here, we're talking Antonio Gibson. And, uh, you know, the other thing I was encouraged encouraged about with him is he got a lot of the goal line work. He nearly scored two touchdowns. He was able to get the one. And uh, while Peyton Barber was in there for one goal line carry, it was all Antonio other than that. And uh, I don't think that's something they should change. His combined power with his shiftiness gives them the best opportunity to score touchdowns rather than just letting Peyton Barber fall forward. And as smallish as as Gibson is, McKissick is just as bad in that way. So I think that's a sustainable situation where he's getting the goal line carries for a team that while it's not a goal line juggernaut by any means, certainly is capable of moving the ball on a given drive and will provide goal line opportunities more than some of the weaker teams in the league, especially when their defense is by no means a dumpster fire, especially if they get Chase Young back. Because if they're able to do that, they should be able to create more pressure and more goal-to-go situations, et cetera, which will obviously boost the Antonio Gibson train into overdrive. Now, there's a lot of injuries this week, so it may be harder to trade for Antonio Gibson and the running backs alike. But at the same time, I wouldn't shy away from that if you're looking for one of the lower-tier running back options because he hasn't really got hit that breakout point yet, and you still may be able to get in before that happens. Because I don't see anybody else stepping in and taking that away from him. It's just they may continue to split it in a way that hampers it to, from being a running back one situation, more of a running back two flex situation. But if you're starting him in your flex, that means you have two very good running back situations because he absolutely has it going on right now and has stepped into – I mean, it's quite possible he stepped into the top 20 running backs. I need to really chart that out. But he's de- if he's not there, he's absolutely close. 
Like, I think I'd probably take him over Devin Singletary just because I think Zach Moss is just that much more likely to come back and threaten the role than anybody that's healthy on the Washington football team. I mean, I'd have to really think about that. And it depends on what kind of game you're playing. Are you down and you need wins or are you playing for the long haul? So certainly things to think about. And I think Gibson's here for the long haul. I think McLaurin's here for the long haul, even Dwayne Haskins. So as much as I hate to admit it, they think, I think they may have their quarterback. They just need to give him time to throw and time to develop. Guys, I like these teams. I like what they're bringing. I hope Chase Young gets healthy and this defense, this defense can show me a little bit more. Maybe not against the Cowboys, but uh, you know what? Even against the Cowboys, I want to see what everybody can do. So we'll see what they've got. We'll see what the Ravens can continue to do with Lamar if he continues to run or throw more. As long as you're doing both and one of them's working on that day, he's kind of like a running back that catches passes. He's going to be insulated there. So that's another reason you like to have Lamar. It's just a question of when you got him. Second round, no. Third round, okay. But you know what? He has that potential to make the second round worthwhile. So we'll see what he can do with that. We'll see if he can pay off right there, or we'll see if he pays off if you got him a little bit later. Well, that's all I've got for this game, guys. I appreciate your time. Definitely like, follow, subscribe. Check out the videos. I'm going to try and draw your eye with some eye-popping videos. So check that out going forward. And I hope this was useful. Hope you go win your league, and I hope you have a great day.